Hello and a very warm welcome to Econ Day Unplugged on Wednesday, the 25th of January 2023. Terry Sheehan's on US East Coast, and I'm Jeremy Hawkins in London, where frankly it could do with warming up a bit. For investors, the year seemed to start with a sense of cautious optimism, or at least reduced pessimism. Much of that had to do with hopes that inflation would fall faster than previously expected, and some early signs that recession in many of the larger economies might be avoided. However, some disappointing data last week, combined with a still generally hawkish-sounding central bank community, has put a bit of a dampener on things. If nothing else, the volatility we've already seen in asset prices this month highlights just how uncertain the outlook is, a point perhaps nicely summed up in the World Bank having just downgraded its economic forecasts at the same time as the IMF is talking about doing exactly the opposite. So where do we stand now? To Terry then. Terry, you've had an interesting mix of data since our last podcast. So what's it all tell us about recession risks? Well, it's all over the place, as you said, um, but it's really looking like as we go into the first quarter of 2023 that the U.S. is, in fact, moving towards recession. Uh, one of my favorite recession indicators is the Fed's beige book. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though that's anecdotal evidence, uh, it tends to mirror very well and in close proximity to the actual economy, uh, what's going on. And so far, if it wasn't for the strength in the labor market, I would be particularly willing to declare that the U.S. economy is in recession. But on the other side, we have uh, still a pretty good labor market for the U.S. So, uh, as you said, we're getting contradicting signals. I know you don't place your side anyway perhaps so much weight on these flash PMIs as we do in Europe but you had yours yesterday wasn't it and it was a pretty poor reading as well yeah and um our the Federal Reserve District Bank surveys of manufacturing are definitely showing a slowdown going into January so those aren't doing very well the services indexes that we have available so far are doing a bit better but they tend to be hovering at best around neutral at worst, a little bit on the contractionary side. So, All right, well, I know this is looking at you know, past data, really, but you'll get what well, I think it's the first look at uh, GDP, isn't it, for the fourth quarter? And where are we tomorrow? Um, what's yeah. expected on that? And is that, I mean, do you think whatever's going to come out of that is going to at least lend some sort of momentum into the beginning of this year? Or is that just too historical already, do you think? Uh, I think it's probably a little too historical. What's interesting is the economy consensus for the GDP report is for up 2.7% in the fourth quarter, 2022, which is a pretty good reading, slower than the prior quarter, but you know, overall in pretty good shape. But we also have a consensus range from up 1.2 to up 3.5. So that also shows a lot of uncertainty on how to interpret the data we've got for the end of the last year. Yeah, I must say it is interesting. So that's a probably actually an extremely good example of just you know, how split investors, analysts, markets call it what you want at the moment. Yeah, you know, just you know, really how have a different views are, are really coming to fruition at the start of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess you know, you know, trying to boil some of it all down since this is what the investors really want to know. FOMC next week. I assume the guess, the guess, you know, the, the estimate is that we'll see interest rates going up again. 
Yes. Um, although I think there's been moderation in those expectations as January's progressed. Um, you know, if, at the start of the month, you might have looked for a 50 basis point increase based on the strength in the labor market. But as we've gotten more and more data, especially last week's extremely disappointing report on retail sales in mm -hmm. December, uh, I think we've been pulling that back to probably a 25 basis point increase. Um, I Yesterday, I spent some time looking over recent comments from the people who will be FOMC voters in 2023. And um, at least one of them has, one of the district bank presidents has said he's looking for a 25 basis point increase. One of the governors has said he's looking for a 25 basis point increase. Uh, but the universal message seems to be that uh, the work on inflation, the work trying to tame inflation is not yet done. Mm -hmm. and more restrictive policy is needed. Now, it does seem like the tone is shifting to smaller uh, rate hikes, probably more widely spaced, and maybe even um, a pause in that process sooner than we expect. But I'm not looking for any decrease in rates anytime soon. Right. I've got to ask you, let's say then if we do get the 25 basis points next week, do you think that then will be lead to a period of pause or will there be another 25 basis point at the meeting after that, do you think? Um, at this point, I would expect another 25 basis points at the meeting after that. But the meeting after that is also the one where we're going to get the quarterly update to the summary of economic projections. So at that meeting, we'll have a much better idea about the outlook for monetary policy in the US. Okay, let me ask you a question, which I, su I suspect you'll dismiss quite readily, but you know, given we do have some of these, you know, it's a very blurred picture of economy and prices at the moment, we all sort of know that the economy is at least to some extent slowing down and inflation is still far too high. Uh, so Fed or any other central bank continue to raise interest rates potentially could make any would-be recession even worse. There has been some talk, notably coming out of the World Economic Forum at Davos last week, uh, some economists, including uh, Olivier Blanchard, the, uh, the former uh, Chief Economist at the International Monetary Fund, suggesting that perhaps it would be a good idea to raise inflation targets from what generally 2% at the moment to about 3% to make it that, that much less likely that um, you know, rates would have to go up so high that they'd you know, make any recession even worse. What do you think about that from the Fed standpoint? Um, I think that the Fed is going to maintain its 2% target. Uh, and I think that any talk of increasing that would be shot down immediately. Uh, but we also have to remember that this is now a flexible average inflation target. Mm -hmm. So the Fed has a little bit of room there to let uh, the target run or, or let inflation run a little bit above target for a time. Uh, but uh, no, I don't think that we will see any change at all in the inflation targets. Yeah, I think a lot of central bankers, I'm sure, feel exactly the same way. But I must well, say your, point, your point about flexibility, I think, is actually an, an excellent one. Well, and also um, at this point, the Fed is 
working very hard to maintain their credibility as an inflation mm-hmm. fighter and to raise the target would undermine that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think exactly the same, the likes of the ECB, Bank of England, where you want to look. The idea of raising inflation targets at the moment, inflation so high. What credibility left after that? All right, from last question I'd like to ask if I can, um, debt ceiling. Last week um, hit the, was it 31.4 trillion ceiling, wherever it is. I mean, yes. are we now in for the usual period of brinkmanship or could this year, do you think, actually turn out to be something more important than we've seen previously? Uh, no, I think we're in for another period of brinkmanship, uh, which is most unfortunate, especially with the U.S. economy teetering on the edge of recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anything that, I mean, to some extent, financial markets are used to the fact that it's always an 11th hour decision anymore, it seems. But right. we have such a divided Congress. And unfortunately, we also have a number of representatives who are more interested in maintaining ideology at the cost of everything else. So um, I do think we might be in a little more danger of default than we have been. I do not think it's going to happen, but I think it is really going to be a down to the wire sort of negotiation again all adds to the uncertainty picture does it not um okay yes. great Terry. anything else you'd like to uh, to put in before i move on uh one thing that has been interesting to me is the fact that uh, mortgage interest rates have come down fairly mm-hmm. substantially in the u.s and it seems to be sparking uh more activity in the housing market uh so where a lot of anticipation of a very slow spring housing market, uh, which is a normal big buying time here in the U.S., uh, seems to have eased up. So um, some of the worst of the declines in the housing market here seem to uh, have bottomed out, and we're looking at slightly better situation for the next couple of months. Hmm. Well. Nice trend on a positive side. And again, it's just interesting because some of these moves are so sharp at the moment. It used to be a you know the odd basis point here in terms of you know longer dated yields and certainly short-term interest rates. But now when the moves come, they're really brisk, are they not? All right, okay, great. Thanks for that, Terry. Um, right, let's move across to Europe then. And I guess it's a similar sort of story story over here, although just to say on the state side, there's a good deal of uncertainty about which way the European economy is going. What we can say, though, if we look at um, Econoday's Consensus Divergence Index, which looks at how recent economic data have been performing versus market expectations, uh, that's been standing now above zero, so what we call positive surprise territory, um, over the last month or so. And that certainly appears to have been reflected in what is generally a, certainly a less pessimistic view coming out of well, the central banks, the policymakers and indeed financial markets in general. Um, we appeared now to have a number of countries who were certainly worried about recession uh, now being much less concerned about it. Indeed, Germany, classically, and um, we had the uh, chancellor over there 
suggesting now that although previously it seemed very likely that Germany would fall into recession probably in the first quarter of this year, they're now uh, revising up their economic forecast to what 0.3% this year from previously negative and indeed wiped out the probability of recession altogether. Now it's got to be said that against that if you look at what's coming out of some of the, the German BDI which essentially is the umbrella organisation for German industry, they're still expecting GDP to contract as far as this year is concerned. But nonetheless, you know, the general opinion appears to be now that talk about uh, a potentially you know, deep recession or big downturn across Europe in general appears to have been tempered quite markedly over the course of the last uh, two or three weeks or so. Due to, say, as I mentioned, what have been largely better than expected numbers, and that refers to the likes of retail sales, industrial production, and indeed some of the, the soft surveys like the PMIs and consumer confidence and the like. So it still has got to be said it looks as if first quarter is going to be a pretty poor one as far as the European economy is uh, in general is concerned and certainly for likes of the UK as well but nonetheless the you know the improvement compared to previous expectations has certainly led a number of the ECB council members to sound but if anything that much more hawkish than even previously uh, we know that from some of the most hawkish members such as uh, the head of a Dutch government so Dutch government Dutch central bank uh, Klaus not he's still come out and said that he expects to see or wants to see a 50 basis point hike in key ECB interest rates next week followed by another 50 basis points hike after that and at least another 25 basis point out of that after that and indeed the general tone from even the likes of uh, President Lagarde is that interest rates still need to go higher but there are some now apparently starting to you know, talk about the possibility of rates actually um, topping out around summertime and perhaps even coming down before the back end of the year so it's a very mixed picture but nonetheless it does seem at least at the margin anyway that the general attitude uh, both within and towards Europe at the moment amongst uh, financial market investors is a little bit less negative slightly more positive and that's very much I think coming out in terms of where the foreign currency markets uh, are moving with euro dollars we record this podcast we're what just slightly below the 1.0 now. So it's been a very solid start by the euro against the dollar as far as 2023 is concerned. So certainly in part due to Europe, but also the way Terry's talking as well, the fact that some of the more aggressive rate expectations out of the Fed now starting to fade somewhat. Okay, um, as ECB, then what else have we got? Uh, as far as the UK is concerned, of course, we had surprisingly positive growth uh, in the UK economy in the monthly data for November. And that has certainly made at least the possibility that the UK won't be in recession uh, by the end of 2022, as widely expected. Obviously, we're still waiting for fourth quarter GDP numbers from last year. Um, but nonetheless, looking at some of the other indicators, particularly in comparison with continental Europe, uh, UK by and large still seems to be doing pretty poorly and the PMI in particularly composite output index the flash measure for January kicked off at just 47.8 that's a two-year low here and there's a number of industrial surveys coming out suggesting that there's going to be potentially sizable shakeout in the labour market um, and indeed general lack of orders and new business coming through which continues to suggest that 2023 in some shape or form is going to be a very rocky one as far as the UK economy is concerned which probably still leaves a pound looking vulnerable. That said when we look at what the Bank of England is most interested in which is clearly inflation and before we get that far what's going on in the labour market uh, looking ahead to next week's Bank of England meeting which again will be on the same day as ECB on the Thursday 
expectations still very much uh, for another interest rate hike um, coming through in, base, in bank rate. I think the market's a bit split between 25 basis points and 50 basis points at the moment. At this stage for choice, I think I'll probably go with 25 basis points. But again, just highlighting all this uncertainty about what's going on generally in the global economy um, currently, and indeed for the last little while now, I expect we're going to see a very big split again on how the MPC votes. If people remember back in December at the last meeting, we had a couple of MPC members at that stage voting for no change. One going for, well, sorry, six going for a 50 basis point increase, which is what we saw. And a lone hawk going for the full 75 basis points. So, you know, people even amongst these central bank institutions really struggling to work out exactly what's going to go on. But I think it's pretty well a done deal that we will see UK interest rates being hiked next week. But I suspect also we're getting towards uh, the top end of the cycle, particularly if the economic numbers continue to come in as on a gloomy side as by and large they've tended to be so far this year. Um, what else should I mention? I'll quickly wrap up some of the other bits and pieces. Out of Japan, worth mentioning there, and again, just underlines how susceptible markets in general are to the you know, economic data and, and what the policymakers are saying at the moment. The Bank of Japan meeting, uh, which is over a week or so ago now, um, a lot of talk there that would actually come out and raise the target for the 10-year JGB yield. Uh, the current the top trend is 0.5%. Some talk that could be shifted up as high as 0.75%. In practice, the BOJ stuck to its guns, no change in policy whatsoever. And we saw the yen drop more than what a couple of percentage points against the dollar when that announcement came out, which again, as I mentioned, just highlights how sensitive markets are to, you know, to what's going on at the moment, quite simply because they're really not too sure what to expect. Uh, but we can say about the BOJ currently, certainly Governor Karuda, as far as he's concerned, uh, he still see policy remaining on hold for at least the foreseeable future, because even though in inflation may move a bit higher in the near term. He still expects it to come back down again as we start moving into 2024. Uh, Canada, as again, as we record this podcast, well, we're not too, just over half an hour away from the Bank of Canada's uh, latest announcement. That's widely expected to see another 25 basis point hike in the overnight rate there to 4.5%. That would put it at its highest level since, what, 2007. And would mean that they put in, what, 425 basis points of tightening since they began the process in March of last year. But there's also a lot of speculation now that that could be it. And it'll be interesting because what if it is? So firstly, do keep an eye on what the bank has to say in its official statement and also in its monetary policy review where it'll be fleshing out its new economic update and forecast of what they think is going to happen to the Canadian economy over the rest of this year and into next. Um, if it sounds more dovish than we've seen previously, that might well set the lid on the, at least a cap on Bank of Canada interest rates and given how financial markets work, of course, even though it may be totally irrelevant if the Bank of Canada's topped out and people start thinking that much more that who knows perhaps the Fed's going to top out as well and the likes of you know the Bank of England and the ECB so it could have some psychological impact on financial markets in general. Um, anything else China I should mention China China's been uh, I suppose a uh, a better performing economy on and stock markets and generally anticipated this year, really on hopes that the ending of the zero COVID policy would lead to you know, a big bounce back in growth. Now, we did see some stronger than expected industrial production and retail sales figures for December coming through. But the key test of this, of course, is going to be when we really see the impact of the relaxation of the COVID rules. And that's not to come through until we really start to get the first quarter data, which is going to be a little bit of a while away yet. So 
so, although investors are certainly optimistic, and perhaps increasingly so, that we will see a much better period for Chinese economic growth now that these restrictions have gone. Yeah, the true test will be in many ways in terms of looking at what COVID actually does to the population, because it does seem you know, the death count out there is rising quite sharply and almost certainly more than the actual official statistics are putting out at the moment. So China, very much uh, an economy still to watch because clearly implications for global growth in general, and especially for what's going to happen in the commodity markets. Okay, then, I guess that is probably pretty well it for myself and Terry today. So uh, let's end it there. Um, I guess if there's a real takeaway from this podcast, it's that you really simply can't ignore the data. Neither central banks nor private sector investors really know which way the global economy is currently headed. And that, of course, means that the economic data are even more important than ever. And given that, just remember to make sure that you keep up to date with all of the key statistics and other market moving events in Conaday's global economic calendar. So on behalf of Terry and me, thanks as always for listening and we hope to see you next time. Bye for now.